0: Chicago is more than great food, iconic sports, legendary music, and crooked politicians. It's a community of people who, at their core, care about one another and their city. We're chatting with new and native Chicagoans about all things local on The Chicagoan Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce, and this is The Chicagoan Podcast. Today I'm joined by Mary Scala, co-founder of Freight to Plate. Mary, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here with you today, Tony.
0: No, I, I'm super excited. You know, not only <clears throat> t- I'm more excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, you win. You win. okay? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what I'm excited about is as we've been talking. One, you're an amazing person, and love having the conversation with you. But the the stuff that you're doing and, and you know what you're doing, especially for Chicago, is amazing. And this idea you've had, any way we can support it. I'm so excited to talk about it. But yeah, just. Since I brought it up, why don't you tell us about (laughs) Freight to Plate?
1: Sure. You know, I'm born and raised Chicago, so myself included, I'm very excited for what Freight to Plate gets to do for our city of Chicago. For sure. Uh, And what Freight to Plate is, is an urban agriculture service company. We sell, integrate, activate, and service a small footprint, large yield hydroponic farm that's retrofitted into a shipping container. Our method of growing is really incredible. We can grow two and a half acres, what would be soil farmland, in this small footprint. So we're yielding upwards of four to six tons of food every year. Jeez. I know, and this food is nutrient-dense, chemical-free, pesticide-free. It's the best produce that we'll ever be able to get in our urban settings. It's pure,
0: right? Pure. Pure. And one of the things that that I love that you said, because one, I don't think people from Chicago truly appreciate, and like we should, the water supply that we have here, right? And you were saying that the water is really ideal for this type of environment, right?
1: sure, yeah. Well, so it's a hydroponic system, which is essentially soilless uh, method of growing. So it's just water. But in our system, we use 99% less water Than what you would use in soil farming, so you're, yeah,
0: yeah, you are we're we're
1: conserving space, arable space, and then also just really, you know, giving back to Mother Earth by conserving our water sources. For sure. Same time.
0: Well, no, I mean, Chicago has a, a notorious history of just, you know, with our river and things being dirty, and and this is such an opportunity to not only you know, turn that around. But also one of the things I've come to learn through all this is these food deserts that are in Chicago and a lot of, not just Chicago, but, you know, a lot of urban cities where there's no reason in the world why we should have food deserts. But since it was new to me, I'd love for you to to explain what that is and how you hope to solve some of those things in and around Chicago and hopefully be an example to a lot of other cities.
1: Sure. So, A food desert essentially is a community that has um, very limited access to fresh food or just food sources in general. Um, And so how we see our services impacting these communities is that we work very closely with the city of Chicago and then also these incredible nonprofits that are integrated into these communities to help fundraise for the farms and our services and then also to be there hand-holding and helping them, you know, activate and integrate these farms in a really positive way because like, we, like I mentioned, it's a lot of food and um, you know, what you do with that food is really important. So we have all these ways of helping these communities, not by just showing up and placing the farm and saying, here's something great for you, like go ahead and use it. We partner with, you know, strategic people strategic community groups that are already there to help, you know, really get the community buy-in to get involved.
0: No, I mean, it makes total sense yeah. because, you know, that's the biggest thing is when you have these food deserts, it's not just food that that's the desert or the desert of food, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a desert of so many things of negligence, right? Yes. And, and when you don't have that, I mean, how could you expect anything good to come out out of those situations, right? For
1: sure. So
0: who, I guess, specifically, like when, when you started doing those, let's, like, let's take a step back. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I feel like we <laughs> just jumped right into it. Yeah, everybody. this is the podcast, <laughs> and podcast and you are doing good things, you know, but you are from Chicago, right? And this is a newer venture for you mm-hmm. that happened as a result of the pandemic. Like for a lot of people that, you know, were forced, it couldn't work. Right? Exactly. Or, and so, what was it for you, one, growing up? Where'd you grow up? Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were you doing before all this uh, started? And then we'll jump into how you had the idea.
1: Sure. So, I grew up in Saugunash, which is, you know, just a little bit outside of the city. Yep. Went to Regina Dominican High School, so Panther. Nice. Um, and then I went to college at Kendall College here in Chicago. Oh, very cool. So, you know, Really, I think my furry first job was um, a waitress at like a little Ma and Pa's diner. And so I've been in hospitality, I think since I was like 15. I don't even know if I was like, was supposed to be working there at that age, <laughs> but always in hospitality. Like yeah. that's kind of has been my heartbeat since I knew I needed a job at some point.
0: Now, is that part of the family or just something that you gravitated towards?
1: I just gravitated towards it. I mean, I'm from an Italian family, so food was always important. We would always have our like Thursday and Sunday dinners. I love the, the sense of community that food brings. Um, oh, yeah. And I've always been like an avid cook. Um, some think I'm pretty good at it. So but you like, are I Chicago. I love to do it.
0: <laughs> no, and you're Chicago through and through on all levels of that because that's yeah. like we're food here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm one of five and, um, one of five that left Chicago for a little bit. Everybody else has stayed here, um, so our family's really integrated into the Chicago community as well. Um, where, so where did
0: you go when you left?
1: I went to Texas for a handful of years. Oh no way! Yeah, I didn't realize and that. you know what? When I left, it was kind of in a moment in time that I was like, "I'm leaving Chicago and I'm never coming back. Like, I'll come visit, but I'm ready to spread my wings and get out of here." And I did. I got out of here and I learned a lot, I grew up a little bit, you know? And it just so happened that a job that I really loved when I was living in Austin um, gave me an opportunity to travel back and forth to Chicago. Oh, cool. And I actually like opened up the Chicago market for this company I was working for. Um, and so they asked, you know, do you wanna stay here like a little bit more long-term? And I was like, sure, I'll stay for a little bit longer, you know, thinking that was gonna be like six months to a year and then it became a permanent thing. And I was like, holy crap. I don't know if I'm here, allowed to say that.
0: You're, you're to say <laughs> here you I
1: am back in Chicago. And it just felt right. You know, even though I had told myself, you know, as a 20 something year old, I'm never coming back here to live. It felt right to be back. Um, and then the pandemic happened.
0: So was it right after that pretty much? Um, it, was, it, like- it was
1: like, not even a full year.
0: Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. And then that was it. That was it. Ugh.
1: I know. Okay. Podcast but, over.
0: <laughs> but, no, nah, right? That's it. No, there's so much more. There I mean, is so much more. I mean, this is about Chicago, too. You know, mm-hmm. that? that I, I think there's just so many things that, one, we talk about, behind the scenes or you know we bitch and moan about stuff right and so it's one of those things that I I do love the fact that we get to have these conversations and talk about things that one I mean it's not really so much complaining but you're doing you're and you're solving these Mm -hmm. problems right and that's where I'm excited about what I've never been more excited about something than like what you're doing because Um. the idea for vertical farms is something that I'm just it's been a vision of mine to have as part of what we do be able to sustain communities through you know these types of, of technologies that are now available to us. But going back to how this all got started, yeah. so now pandemic happens mm-hmm. and I love the story. It was, that was crazy. <laughs> so you're reading was it was it you reading something or watching yeah. something?
1: Well, so I was furloughed and then let go because I was working in the restaurant industry and so you know like a lot of people in that industry there was so many unknowns just for personal reasons, but then like, what was hospitality going to look like? No one really had the answers. And so I spent a lot of sleepless nights reading, researching what the next step for myself and just the world in general, like what are what are our avenues going to look like? Are we going back? You know, I had this very, I don't want to say pessimistic, but maybe that's the best way to say it. I did not have a good idea of what the world was going to look like if it bounced back and when it bounced back. So a lot of sleepless nights reading about the future of food, about food supply chains and what that looked like. And I landed on an article one very sleepless night um, about this manufacturer called Freight Farms. And I was blown away. And it was the first time, I think like in a couple of weeks where I felt a little bit of hope and like
0: Oh energized. My God. And
1: energized and like full body goosebumps. And I was like, this company is amazing. And so I had every intention to call them the next day and say, I know we're on lockdown. You guys aren't in the office. I'll come scrub your stale toilets. Just like, how do I get my foot in the door? Like, I want to be a part of what you guys are building.
0: Because at You're, the time you were telling me you were thinking about employment, right? Like yeah, that was exactly. Your, your I didn't avenue, have a job. Right. I was just
1: like, what am I going to do here? Um, so I wanted to call them and yeah. Just work for them. Work for them.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So, so what ended up happening then? Um, did you did you do that? Like, did you take that approach? Because obviously, you didn't no, you're not working for them, right? Because
1: I did not have time mm. the next day.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. My
1: sister. That's right. um, called me and said, "Hey, I've got this uh, project. I'm kind of trying to figure out. And you know, you, I know you have a lot of time on your hands. Uh, maybe like you can come help me do it. Have you ever heard of a freight farm?" And I was like, you know. And you Again, two have never
0: talked. I mean, this no, is the first time you heard of it when you exact, read it the night before. Yes. Crazy.
1: I mean, it was that serendipitous. It was, that cl- it was just wild. And so I got to say, well, actually, I'm an expert on freight farms, so I will be a perfect partner in this project. And the project was essentially to help um, purchase, raise money for a farm from freight farms for a community in Inglewood to integrate into to, be a complement to a community garden that was the community's only way to get fresh produce. And we wanted to help extend the life of that community garden, figure out a way to, you know, make it a more year round solution for the community, for yep. their fresh food. Um, and so, you know, we looked into the opportunity. We, you know, are still working to try and place a farm there, but as we continued to like see what that would entail, we came together, Jacqueline and I, my sister, and um, we're like, you know, if we're really going to help communities do this, if this is what our mission is going to be, like, integrate these into as many communities as possible, you know, we can say we're experts, but I think it's important that we actually become experts, and that's when we decided, okay, we need to own a farm ourselves. And, you know, from there on out, we, you know, put a business plan together to make one farm, you know, a sustainable business model. We got our SBA loan to, you know, fundraise for, or purchase that farm. And within a year's time, that farm got delivered to Chicago, which I love saying that my farm got delivered to Chicago.
0: That sounds cool.
1: Yeah. Um, and then from there, we, you know, six weeks later, had our first full harvest of the farm.
0: Wow. Yeah. And what did you guys do with the harvest?
1: Um, we did a lot of you know, community distribution. So mm-hmm. we donated a lot of it. Um, cause this was at a time where Jacqueline and I are not farmers. Um, and we were just trying to like, see what we could grow. And I hate really, to break like, it
0: to you, but you're, you're farmers okay. now. Like You're totally a farmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: They say it on my license yeah. now.
0: Like I thought you were going to show up in overalls. That's what I was like, for sure. She's showing up in overalls now. I
1: have a couple pair. Do you? Yeah. 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 My mom last Christmas, there was a Big box under the Christmas tree, and we opened it, and she had gotten a pair of overalls for each of us. Um, And we do wear them, and we do match. It's very cute.
0: I I, am sensing a photo shoot at some point with overalls. Yes,
1: it's happened.
0: So you know, like I guess, what is now? You mentioned all these cool things that you guys were doing before we, you know, jumped on the mics. That you were saying um, some of the restaurants that you've been connecting with, you know. But what's like, what is the vision? What do you see for this in terms of when? yeah, well, what's the dream sure. as you go through Chicago and, and you're like, hey, that's my box or that's mm-hmm. me know whatever. Like <laughs> what what does that look like for you?
1: You know, I said this from the beginning. My my personal mission is to help create a food positive Chicago in whichever way that means. And you know, our solution to a food positive Chicago is integrating these farms into as many communities as possible. Um, so that's the grand mission, the grand vision. We, I don't believe there needs to be food deserts, especially as many food deserts as we have in our city. Mm-hmm. One in six people in Chicago go hungry every day. Stop. Yeah,
0: I didn't realize that's it a that real bad. stat. Wow, yeah, and it's, it's so really sad heartbreaking because you never know, right? you, and you, you just don't know Mm-mm. who is. I heard of some story it was a girl out of the East Coast that was on a Zoom call, like you know, through the pandemic and when kids were school through Zoom, mm-hmm. that one of the girls started crying from how hungry she was. And there was this yeah. outpour of, you know, support and money raised for the family, which was amazing. But it, as as wonderful as that story is that something was done about it, how mm-hmm. many kids don't get that, right? How many people just, how many people do we not know that we could help yeah. that we just don't know? Can't judge a book by its cover, right? For so
1: sure. You know, I was just going to say, I don't think hunger has... A look, no. You know, there's no physical description of what that is. It's widespread. Not at all. You absolutely, know? absolutely. And like, really, so there's hunger, and then there's just quality of food that we get. Yep. Um, our farm is able to produce the most nutrient-dense produce.
0: It's like pure food.
1: It's very pure. It's, you know, it's not, you know, stamped organic, but I believe it's something even more powerful than that because yeah. our produce is getting nutrient dense water that has all the nutrients that it could possibly need it's constantly getting the right temperature and light and heat that it needs so when we harvest that produce it is the most healthy produce there is and how we've you know put together our our service packages we do not envision a world in which the food will travel more than 5 miles to the plate in which it's going to land
0: yeah i could never imagine
1: well and that's the goal keep our food mile within five miles, no more. And so that means your food's not traveling for a week. It's not harvested and then put on a truck and then driven across the country and then taken off that truck and put in a grocery store where it sits for seven days, and then you get it and eat it. You know, that's the traditional way we get our food. And that whole time, it's just like losing all of its nutrients. It's losing all the good stuff by the time it gets to your plate.
0: Yep, absolutely. No, and you know, we think about food, or Chicago being so symbolic when it comes to food, mm-hmm. um, it almost seems like from a culture standpoint, but you can answer this best, that this is almost primed, in my opinion, for this type of technology to, to be embraced. Like if you were to Absolutely. go somewhere else where we don't have these types of problems or you know opportunities, mm-hmm. that it might not be as well-received to have some, you know, Freight shipping container with a farm in it, right? (laughs) But in Chicago, we're like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Do do you find that it's very well received, or is still some, you know, uh, obstacles to overcome?
1: How do I answer that both ways at the same time? (laughs) Because so you're basically getting
0: both answers. Yeah, really. So yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't imagine would be the other way.
1: You know, shipping containers for some reason has have. Like a negative connotation to it, a lot of times. And especially when you get into like zoning and um, neighborhood development, shipping containers are not always well received. And that's because a lot of times they're placed as like a storage facility. But, you know, we place uh, shipping containers that have a life, that have a heartbeat. So, you know, once we explain that, And we've done a lot of legwork to do that explaining. Um, You know, we spent really a whole year uh, explaining, being a squeaky wheel, talking to every alderman's office that we could get in front of knocking down every door, like in the building department to just try and explain what we're trying to do for our city. Yeah. And yes, it's a shipping container, but it's so much more than that. Absolutely. Um, but it definitely took a whole year of getting the message out there before our farm even got here just getting people ready, getting people to like, yeah, getting the buy-in. And then it took a whole nother year of the farm actually, you know, being planted, being delivered here to Chicago to like have people come and see and touch and like walk in the door and smell fresh greens, like.
0: I can't even imagine. Like that's, that's I just, amazing. I saw a video. I was telling you about a vertical farm. I don't even know where. Um, where I think the video was on Vice, but yeah, like it just it mesmerized me. Right. Mm-hmm. That like wow, we could be doing this and all these problems. And you hear about California and the the, the water shortages, I, right? Yep. Or or how it takes six hundred gallons of water to produce a quarter pound. Hamburger, yep, right, like a patty yeah. of meat, and so there's this, there, like I said, the appreciation I don't think is there for what we have mm-hmm. in our own backyard, like Lake Michigan, sure. fresh water in the world, but Chicago is that. What can we do, or how can we help promote this for, you know, freight to plate, but also just in terms of creating a conscious awareness about food, because it seems like as much as you are about what you're doing, it's because of what you see as being. The benefit to it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is that you're providing clean food to our community. Yeah. I mean, how to much? City. Yeah. Like, that's it. How much better could that be, you know?
1: You know, I think the thing that would be, you know, great for Freight to Play is just being part of the conversation. Being part of your conversation all the time is really valuable because we are bringing something that's that hasn't been here. So, our farm. Our container farm is the first container farm ever to be in the city of Chicago, and you know we're just trying that's to. That's so cool. It'd be isn't the first. It yeah, cool? I mean, that's really cool. Well, so one thing, you know, uh, the farm got here last year, April, and we've had a couple of events, and you know we've had all sorts of visitors come, like young, old, just like the whole spectrum of people, like lawyers, a uh, building department, like everybody, and for sure. The look on everyone's face when they walk in the farm is always the same. It's this like big bug-eyed like look of amazement because they just can't even believe it. Like that is, you know, that's what keeps me going is like that that excitement, that that understanding that like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. Like and now I want to make it a regular thing for our community. I want everyone to know what this farm looks like. I want everyone to know what kind of food it's – you know, producing. Uh, and again, so that back to your question, like what can you do? It's keep us in your conversations. Come visit us at the Homestead. It's uh, 326 North Racine. You can stop by anytime. The gates are open. Come see the 326
0: farm. 326 North Racine, that's where you're at? Yeah. Oh, where's, where is it? I walk by there all the time. Yeah,
1: it's uh right in the <clears throat> middle of Fulton Market. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> lucky us. So this is a good story. You know, when Jacqueline and I decided okay, we need to find a perfect spot for freight to plate to kind of launch from. Um, my time in Texas was in Austin, which has a very startup vibe. Yeah, for So sure. I was seeking out something like that in Chicago and Chicago, you know, it has these amazing neighborhoods, amazing communities, but there's something about Flint market that has this startup heartbeat, scrappy, yep. like it's building, it's mm-hmm. moving. There's always something happening. So I went around like a crazy person for a couple of days and took pictures of every empty lot in between buildings, behind parking lots, like any empty space I found, I was like, this is it. And one day I drove over the tracks on, uh, I think it's Racine, Mm -hmm. and I saw this fenced off area and it was green and there was trees. And I was like, what is this? I was so, I was like, I fell in love. You know, it was like that moment when you like fall in love, it was love, just, at first sight. it was love at first sight. So I <clears throat> took a picture of it, sent it to Jacqueline, and Jacqueline at that time was still in her career as um, like in the real estate construction world. So I was like, okay, get on it. Who owns this? Like, let's find out. And um, she did her job. She that's found out, amazing. and that's where we are. <laughs> yeah, that is
0: so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome story. Well, there you go. You know, if you're listening you know, continue to listen to the conversation and be a part of the conversation and get others involved with the conversation, because I do think, you know, that this is so important. There's so many ways to go with it, not only for for the community and, and the underserved communities of Chicago and, and, and the hungry, you know, citizens of Chicago, but even just the everyday person, that yeah. if this starts becoming commonplace, We'll, we will have immediate access to, to clean food and probably not have to deal with some of these distribution, you know, or, uh, um, uh, um, yeah, distribution wow. issues yeah, that we have, or, or chain, or supply chain issues. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> <You> <laughs> the word was it. escaping me. But yeah, <laughs> supply chain issues that, that we had during uh, the pandemic and, you know, take control of that uh, for yeah. ourselves. I and mean, that's so important to be close to the food. So again, if you're out there listening, please you know show your support, but Mary... I just honored that you came in. Love what you're doing. Love the message. You know, beyond just the 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 business of what you're doing. There's really a lot of love there.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for creating this platform for Chicagoans. I am so honored to be here and honored to share my story with you. This is just the beginning. So. Just the beginning. I'm excited for you. So thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Bye everyone.